Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vita Tennis, the podcast for those of us who eat, sleep, breathe tennis. My name is Jennifer Gelhaus, and I'm your host. Today, I'm talking to Jay Shetty. He is the director of tennis at the Westmore Club in the beautiful island of Nantucket in Massachusetts. He has taught at other amazing clubs like the Jupiter Island Club and the Meadow Club. He played tennis for Texas Christian University, and he's originally from India, where he was the number one junior player, and he got to a ranking number 12 in the world in doubles. Welcome, Jay, to Vita Tennis. Did I get your background right? I think you did. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, Jay, I was talking to you already a little bit about, um, you know, how you ended up having a career in the tennis industry. You know, yeah. not there's not really... You don't really hear kids out there saying, you know, I want to be a director of tennis when I grow up, you know, it we all kind of fall into this later in life and end up loving it. But I wanted to to explore, you know, and, and hear about you and how you ended up being a director of tennis. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so in college, I think I was kind of teaching part time in uh, Southampton, Jupiter Island and all and, uh, you know, going about my business and uh, loving it. Uh, liking the whole freedom part of it. Uh, had a lot of breaks. So I was kind of trying to see where my life takes me. And um, three, four years down the road, I think I got fall in love, fell in love with the whole business side of it. Um, so I think uh, coaching and business, it just, uh, you know, the more you love, the more you love the wellness part of it. I think the fitness part of it, you start falling in love with the whole industry and uh, you got to hold on there in the tennis industry. It's a tough industry. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, becoming a pro is very financially rewarding starting off. But then there's a lot of lag before you get your good jobs. If that, so that's the lag part, which people have to have patience and kind of uh, mature enough to kind of hold on to it. And sure. if you're good enough, I think you can get through and get to the desired positions. And uh, I actually love the place I'm at, love the club, love the members. And uh, I can't expect anything better than that. Yeah. And you were mentioning before um, how, you know, in other countries, it's not as easy to have a career in tennis that, you know, you're kind of fortunate that you were able to do that here in the U.S. Um, can you can you talk about that a little bit? So I can talk a lot, a lot about India. India is uh, very kind of uh, academic. Um, people want to go in academic uh, direction. So everybody's kind of, so sports is, a, is kind of a totally tangent, taking a tangent, taking away from everything. So yeah. you have to be totally possessed and kind of fight the, fight the crowd out and try to play, play your sport, use your, you know, the way you're doing well. And I think the parents are more, more, you know, they're always kind of towards uh, academics. So, yeah, it's a tougher part. Once you get out of juniors, there's still money in juniors. They still kind of spend the academy, spend money on you. But after 18, that's where you kind of find the plateau. Um, you really have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. What America does so well is uh, makes it competitive there's a big business side to it. There's so much to do after 18. Uh, college sports, it's just, you know, they have perfected the art of college tennis. Uh, college tennis, yeah. college sport, there's so much money involved, sponsors. Mm -hmm. That's not what the other countries have uh, been able to do. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, growing up, it was... Uh, I was either going to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, basically. <laughs> like those are your yeah. options, right? Yeah. And yeah. you never think like, oh, I'm going to be a, a a tennis coach or uh, I'm going to be a director of tennis or, you know, that this is something that I'm going to pursue. So, you know, same for me. Um, what would you say is your favorite and your least favorite thing about teaching tennis or about being a director? Um, favorite thing to do is setting up, setting up, uh, programs and, uh, making it come into fruition, trying to make everything happen, getting everybody together. These guys, my members come from different, different places in the country, the world, and they're there for a very small, small part of times, two weeks, three weeks, and, uh, trying to just make it a very happy, uh, very kind of 
I mean, I think they just love it. When I see some appreciation from them, I see how much they love the program. And that's what I strive to do. And I think uh, last few years at my club, it's become so busy uh, that I've been able to do some stuff and uh, change a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's a very busy club. So I love the challenge of, like, challenge part of it. I love it. Um, yeah. I can't you, bring like, you feel like you bring joy to people. <laughs> right, right. And that's yeah. a big part. I mean, these guys, yeah. you know, these guys are coming from England, France, and then they love the way we run clinics. It's a little more, you know, hyper, a little more cardio intensive. And these guys don't get that too much. So, but it's a, it's a big part of the teaching is trying to learn from people, uh, trying to see whether, you know, everybody doesn't want the same thing. Yeah. If you can learn it in the 10, 15 minutes, you'll be successful. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to be beating a dead horse. Right. So it's not going to work. Uh, everybody doesn't, uh, they don't move the same way. So you have to kind of make it, um, it has to happen within that one hour. You have to change according to you. So improvise is the key word for yeah. us. Our you business. have to be quick on your, on, you know, you have to be on your toes. Uh, right. Just be, right. you know, think quickly i think as much as we come in with a plan when we're on court yeah gotta be flexible because you might be in a a smaller group or a larger group or different people show up or you don't know their levels right so um i i I like to have an idea of what i'm doing but i almost never follow the plan (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about you welcome to my life So yeah, it's everybody. Everybody has a different set of rules, and uh, I just feel like I we need to find a way to get to the desired end. The goal has to be the same. Yeah, uh, you can't just uh, you can't just be very stubborn about your plans. Right. And what's your least favorite thing about it? Um, hiring and uh, trying to make the pros happy. It is the hardest thing, one of the hardest things uh, to do. Um, Everybody has a demand and ask, and you have to match it with the club. You might would love to give it to them. And I'm, I love to be a pro's pro. I want to give everything what my pros want. Yeah. But if there is a single room, if there is, uh, you know, something that I can't get, I can't get it. Uh, I can't just manufacture that and in places like, Hamptons and Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, you can just manufacture it. So yeah, so sometimes letting my pros down is uh, that's a that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure um, that it, that is very challenging, and I don't think it gets easier with you know how much how much time you've been in the industry. I think it it probably is always challenging, right? Finding, finding good people and making people happy, right? Right, right. And keeping them and keeping them. And yeah. uh, you know, now everybody has, uh, you know, it's the microwave society. They want results now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want everything to happen now. <clears throat> and you can't, um, you have to, after staying in 20 years in the business, you know, yeah, slowly graduates. It's a hard, uh, hard road. The middle road is the toughest road. And uh, I think you come, you know, you have to kind of learn to be patient. And uh, if you're, if you're good, you're going to somehow prevail. Yeah, that I think so too. Um, So you've worked at some great clubs. You mentioned the metal club, uh, which I'm familiar with out in Southampton. What do they have? Like 40 grass courts, a beautiful club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. And you are at Jupiter Island and, you know, you're obviously at the Westmore club uh, in beautiful, beautiful Nantucket. Um, so you have this, all these beautiful places with beautiful people. Um, can you talk a little bit what that's, about what that's like? Because it's such a different vibe, right? Than, than being like at a public facility or an, uh, an athletic club. Um, you know, it's a very special niche. And, um, you know, I've, I've done it as well. And I love it. But I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Well, it's... Uh... It's a demanding, demanding business with these clubs, you know, these people are used to the best. Um, they are used to the best. I, I come out of college and I go to Southampton Meadow Club, one of the best, I mean, the most beautiful facility you'll ever see. Yeah. And I got spoiled, you know, so I really didn't mm-hmm. know what the start of the business is. And this was my start of the business and beautiful club. 
and the members are type A personality, the wives are type A personality. So you have to match the demand. And there's no, there is the no is not a word for us. Yeah. So you have to somehow make it happen. Yes. And it's demanding, and people can think that you are on the tennis court, you're having fun, it's great. But believe me, there's so much going on in the back. It's insane. Oh, um, yeah. Never but, let them see you sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so it could look like I'm having fun, but there's 200 things going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's the part sometimes people don't see. But, you know, I've I realized it. It's uh, my bed. I got to make it. And I think uh, I've started enjoying it, enjoying the process, and I'm loving it. And the challenge, it just gets me up. It yeah. really does. So all these three, you know, like, I, like you said, the personalities are tough. They're really, they're really good. They come into the club. There's a decorum to get into the club. So they're all good people. And, but they demand the best. And, uh, you know, and uh, I don't blame them for demanding the best. I have to produce the best. And... Uh, challenge meets the you know demand has to and yeah. uh, that's what uh, gets me going it pushes you to to be better yeah um, you know on and off the court because you also have to carry yourself in a certain way right. you know um you have to be very very professional um not that you don't have to be professional in other in other places but it's just a different it's almost like if you if you haven't experienced it, it's hard to describe, you know. You because, have to experience it. It's, yeah. When I first, you know, yeah. like I was at Maidstone, you know. Right. and um, Not a great club. Yeah. It, another grass court club out there beautiful, in the Hamptons. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. Club. I love, love, love my time that I was there seven years. And honestly, uh, when I got in at my first summer, it was like, I just had no idea what I was going to <laughs> you know. Right. You know, with the years you learn, obviously, but that first summer is like it, it can it can be a little bit of a culture shock, like coming from another country, you know. You're right, like, right. Oh my gosh, this is so different, you know. Was that your first job? That was my first um summer job. Okay. It wasn't yeah. my first teaching job, but it was my yeah. first summer job. And um it was my first job uh where I had to wear all white. Right. And I remember like I had um a really nice like head, not that I'm endorsed by head or anything, but I like a very nice <laughs> head hat yeah. and I thought it was nice, but it oh. had apparently too much color or when I got in trouble, you know, for wearing that. And, I, and, and then I was like, okay, I'm not going to even risk it. Like even I, I tried to look for, you know, things with like no logo whatsoever. I was like, everything has to be why everything has to be like super professional and, and, and look a certain way, you know, and, but yeah, your first time, you just have no idea. Like, right, right, you know? right. <laughs> Even when you an event, you know, as a girl, I mean, for guys, it's easy. You just wear a suit, you know, for like us girls, like we have to figure it's out tough, what yeah. we're wearing. And there are not too many options in the market. The option in the market is very less because the way the hardcore tennis is gone, the color has become the main component it's become so color oriented so it's very tough to find something white and if you find something white yeah. the material is not good it's not fun to wear it and when you don't feel confident you don't feel it you don't want to go in the court that so it mm-hmm. all kind of kind of trickle down effect but um, it's same thing we are kind of going full white we've been going all white but we had a little kind of give with the shoes and the hat but this year um our owner goldsmith graham goldsmith and kitty goldsmith they've just uh it's a private club. So they built this club 15 years back oh. and uh, we are going all white this year. So that's going to be a challenge to the members to get used to it, but it's, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a beautiful spot they've built. Uh, it's an amazing club. Um, we have two, three great clubs there, yacht club and great Harbor. Yeah. But not to be biased, but our club is just stunning. I mean, they croquet. <laughs> I mean, it's just something it's, you, can't, you can't make it up. I went in and talk it for the first time last summer and I loved it. It reminded me a lot of the Hamptons. It's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the white stuff. Oh my gosh. I couldn't That's even, um, I was just looking for clay core shoes yeah. that are all white and I can't find any. So it, it's so challenging. And you know, what really sucks is having to be the person that has to enforce it. Right. Oh God. Having to tell Kill me. Kill me. Oh, I'm sorry, but you can't you can't wear this or you can't play with that. You know, how do you handle that? 
Oh, that's hard. That's hard. When somebody's come, you know, they, they came from New York just uh, overnight. They just come there for two days and you feel like you're pushing the stuff from the pro shop at them, but mm-hmm. it's the management against the member and you're kind of in the rock and a hard place. So you kind yeah. of have to find a way uh, yeah. to deliver the message and the postman always gets killed. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So it's, not, it's like, it's don't not. shoot the messenger. I didn't make up the rules, but you know, it's what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, but that's a part of the job. So it's a tough, tough one, but you have to, uh, you know, you, you know, you know what the management is trying to get, what the owners want to get out of it. You want a beautiful, exclusive white club and, you know, yeah. you know what you're trying. The goal is right. Uh, sometimes it's hard to, hard to kind of go through. It's hard to, yeah, to enforce rules and, and having to say no to people sometimes. Right, that can be tough. right, right. Um, so what, what has been one of the biggest skills, be, you know, besides saying no to people, I guess, <laughs> that you have earned or that you have worked on as a tennis professional? I think uh, my relationships. <clears throat> I think uh, last two years, I've been running kind of, the, been the head pro for six, seven years here. Um so I had a director who was very kind of uh, let me did let me do everything. Uh, so I was running the program for the last five six years, and uh, I took over properly, officially last year. And uh, I think the relationships are huge. Uh, all the pros I have in the twenty years, the friends I've made. We had a big crisis last year. Two three pros had to go. Paperwork and. Uh, some, you know, parent, the family had some problems and stuff. I had, you know, the relationships have really helped that I can get a pro on the island in about two days. So I think that's my strength lately. Um, I've been, uh, I have a great team. So nine pros last year, nine tennis pros wow. online are coming back. That's a big staff. For, yeah. For so, so, yeah. So I, I kind of take pride in that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the program's never been stronger. Yeah. I like the whole part of it. And, you know, I've, uh, on the court, my, I would say I'm, I'm good at improvising. Um, I know what the guy wants, the, what the lady wants. I can kind of misfire once in a blue moon, but, uh, but I kind of figured out what they want out of the session. They want teaching, they want a workout, they want, uh, you know, fitness, so it's, I think it's a big part of it where I sometimes see pros struggle is they kind of stick to their routine. Yeah. And they're doing an amazing job. They come out 2020 hindsight, they come out, they say, you know, I did a great job, but the, 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 the member didn't love it. Yeah. So you have to kind of find that. Uh, I think you get a feel for that for sure. Yeah. So I think you have to get, I think you need experience. The younger guys need some experience, but yeah. All in all, it's been good. Yeah. And would you say that, um, so how do you find people so quickly? Is it just like within your network, you know, and word of mouth? Or um, do you usually use like, uh, I don't know, some kind of posting online for your jobs? How do you normally go about that? I have gone on protennisjob.com. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good site for a lot of uh, a lot of people around there. You know, the good people I've seen, but you know, it's word of mouth. Uh, resumes yeah. have fooled me, <clears throat> but uh, knowing somebody, knowing a friend and knowing a couple of the directors all over the country, you know, you treat them well, you're going to be treated better. And they kind of, they actually scan the people before they tell me. Uh, they know I'm not going to take second best, third best. Yeah. So I think relationship matters. So yeah. I like the word of mouth way better than the resume. Resume has, they have fooled me a few times. Uh, yeah, for but sure. Yeah. So I just need to look at the person and talk to them for five, 10 minutes. I can get a gauge of what my members want. And after all, it's not about what I want. The members, members have to be happy. That's, that's yeah. my goal. And that's what I try to do. And, it's gone well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of clubs, um, well, at least, you know, these summer clubs kind of like the ones we're talking about are a lot of it is word of mouth. Yeah. And um, you know, it's almost like if you're a, if you're a pro in, you know, let's say Florida or any kind of seasonal place uh, that, you know, is super busy in the winter and you're a nice club, you're in a good position to, you know, to have maybe uh, your director recommend you for a summer job or, or yeah. something like that. So yeah. 
it does, the system does seem to work that way. And um, how do you stay in touch or network? Is it, are you doing it um, like going to conferences or just through your, all your years and, and, and working with many different people? Like, do you still like actively try to do that? I, I actually, I haven't done uh, these coaching meetings, the Orlando, there has a lot of stuff happens in Orlando. I haven't done it, which is, yeah. I kind of, uh, I kind of feel, I kind of missed out there, but yes, my relationship with the different pros and, you know, the, uh, go meet a few pros every now and then I went to Naples last year, met a few pros and, you know, the friends, friends. Yeah. So it's a chain reaction. And, uh, I think just I have good friends in the business, so it kind of yeah. has worked out till now. But like I said, it you have to keep growing. Uh, you can never sit idle. You think it's going well, you just lose the beat. So I think that's one yeah. thing I need to do. Go to Orlando and start going for conferences, which I haven't done much. Um, but that's my next step. I'm going to start growing that way too. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, and we kind of touched on this, um, you know, how pros come in with their plan and the kind of uh, younger pros and yeah. they just kind of stick to their plan, um, you know, kind of no matter what, <laughs> because right. it's plan. Right, um, right. So that can be challenging for somebody, you know, kind of coming into the industry. But what, what do you think is the biggest challenge for a young pro? I would say... You know, like I said, these members uh, have been in best clubs. They've been in amazing clubs. So they've kind of, they know what coaching is. They know what good coaching, bad coaching is. They can, uh, they can make it out. Yeah. So what I would say, <clears throat> what I have experienced with the pros, the younger pros is uh, just a little more ownership of their craft. They have to kind of grow that. Sometimes it's grown with confidence. Sometimes if you have preparation, if you don't have that much confidence, you better be prepared. You have 10, 10 plans of how to go about it. How And sometimes it's not even the drill. It's how you explain the drill, um, how you get to their head. Basically, they just want to get, feel relaxed and comfortable and go do the drill. They would love to perform, but you have to kind of explain it. So that's what they, sometimes they just go through the motion sometimes. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a challenge, but I think uh, over the time, they will learn. It's experience is key. And somebody yeah. wants to learn. If somebody wants to grow and learn, I think you can teach them anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Putting in the work. I yeah. think that sometimes it's uh, maybe out of shyness or lack of experience that, you know, and, and this is to me, something that kind of kills me is to see pros. Uh, like, let's say I'm leading a clinic. It's just to have the pro like not say anything or, mm -hmm. Right. Or just kind of like just be a ball machine, just a, like a body there, you know. <laughs> I'm like, please talk, especially if you're around kids, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like you have to bring so much energy and you have to help, you know, whoever is leading the clinic with bringing that energy and, and talking to people and making sure everybody's having a good time. And I think that that to me, um, in my experience, hiring and, and you know, yeah. mentoring pros, that to me has been the hardest thing is, is right. to get some, you know, because sometimes it's like maybe shyness, but also maybe it's your personality. Like you're not, you might be just a quiet type of person, you know? Right. Um, and I'm very loud. I'm very go, go, go. You know, I want, I want the, you know, I want people to leave the clinic like, yeah, like, you know, exactly. Exactly. you know, exactly. and if I'm the only one bringing that, then it's, it's exhausting to me. Right. But also like, I want my staff to be like that, but I can't expect everybody to be like me, you know, right. might right. not have my personality. So I, I find mm -hmm. that, um, I find that to be challenging, you know, right. no, I I hire somebody with a different personality. <laughs> it's, it's smiling, you know, sometimes the members yeah. are, <clears throat> they're meeting, you're meeting so many people for the first time. So I think smile goes a long way. They get eased up yeah. and the members kind of, otherwise it's kind of a little uh, icy feeling. And then you go through your drills. They're never, they're never going to open up to you. So just smiling, just, you know, that's as simple as smiling, just gets them opened up. And once they open up, then you can basically go through and start talking. Um, so yeah, that I would say is uh, they, they need that the energy. You cannot mm -hmm. beat energy. You cannot teach yeah. energy. 
You cannot beat it. It's the it's a key factor in in our business. Uh, in yeah. a country club business, you need to get them up. And once you will really be surprised, somebody who's tired, who's not feeling it, and I've given them energy in 15, 20 minutes, they are back on it. Mm-hmm. So seeing all that <clears throat> repetitive, kind of seeing all that every time happen, you start believing in your way of uh, way of life, way of teaching. And I think yeah. it works. It works. So I kind of tell the younger pros all the time, uh, just watch a few lessons watch a few people i tell them to come early see a couple of the guys who are been in the business they know how to go about just make it relaxed make it having fun and teach at the same time um you can get all three in and uh they have i mean things things have worked out but yeah it's always a challenge when you hire somebody new yeah shy being shy is tough it's uh it's tough to get out they have not gotten out of for 23 years but this business makes you get it get out of it yeah. It does. There's a lot to do with it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the teaching part, like you mentioned, it's, it, it is really important. Um, I feel like we always, you know, we're there to teach, you know, we're, we're there to entertain. We're there to teach. There's a lot of things we're there for. Um, but teaching is a basic aspect of it. But sometimes you do get some people that are not really interested in learning yeah. Yeah. You kind of yeah. want to have fun and get a good workout and you have to be able to adjust to that as well. And you not know, feel, not like feel bad. You don't have to take it personally, you know, yeah. <clears throat> they have come for a reason. They're here for two days. They don't want to hear the technique part of it. They're here just for two yeah. days. Why would you introduce technique to somebody who's going to be leaving you in two days? You're going to try something, something un- unbelievable from your side. And the person's totally messed up and they go back to their club in New York or Boston and they don't know what they're doing because you taught them, you didn't follow through. So that could be a big part too. So you have to know your crowd. You have to know what you're giving and uh, be able to kind of, you know, somebody signs signs up with you for for the whole summer, then you can start sprinkling stuff out, take all the coaching out, technique part of it. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's can get complicated, but uh, it's an art. And honestly, yeah. I think it just comes with experience. Yeah, it looks like you love it. You're very big into it. it. Looks What's like that? you're very big into it. Yeah. I can see what comes out of you. You basically want to teach, uh, you know, something good coming out of a lesson. It's just, there's no better feeling. Uh, yeah, learning exactly. Something. Like I want to teach something, <laughs> even if it's just like where to stand, you know. Right. Um, but sometimes, yeah, people just have no interest. They just want to like have a good time and, and get a workout, and and you still try to teach them something, you know, because you feel like you're not doing your job if you don't do yeah. that. <laughs> at least I do. <laughs> but yeah. but true. you know, might go in one ear at the other, and whatever you try, you know, that's exactly. all you can do. You give your best. I mean, exactly. You can't, you can't cheat the cheat the member. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say is uh, the most common mistake? Um, you know, I'm guessing you do you have a lot of beginners. What what would you say is like the most common mistake that beginners or players in general, however you want to, um, you know, whatever direction you want to take this into. Um, um, make? Trying to hit hard. <laughs> um, yeah. Key. Uh, the men, especially the ladies are still better. The men come yeah. out. <clears throat> they've come out of uh, for the weekend from New York and Boston and stuff. And then they want to come out and just hit the heck out of the ball. And you're trying to get that, uh, trying to make them understand, you know, trying to, you can still win with not being, trying to hit it hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that would be a challenge, but uh, you know, everybody is, everybody has a different kind of a uh, understanding of the game. Um, You just try to keep helping them. If the beginners, you beginners, you just want to make them feel comfortable. Uh, they're very shy. They want to, they're actually very kind of uh, insecure about their game. It's how comfortable you can make them feel, get them involved. And uh, you'll be surprised how many times I've converted those people who never, who just want to do one, two lesson and get out, never be with a group. They want to just do, you know, privates. And my satisfaction comes from getting those private lessons into a clinic. Uh, And I know my heart is in the right place. I know they're going to have fun with a group. Yeah. They're privates, but they want to get into the groups. 
And once I get them there, I just, that's a great feeling for me. So I kind of keep trying to convert the new, new people into groups and have them, you know, the, the, the basic goal would be they can go out, play doubles with three people and have fun without me being there. That's great. Yeah. I think the, I think the group aspect um, is sometimes undervalued by people because the, you know, the group clinics, that's where you're going to socialize, where you're going to have fun, where you're going to meet other people that you can play with. Right. Um, and in, and that is important. It kind of like keeps you going and where you can measure up how much better you're getting because you're always playing with the pro. Uh, you don't really get to see how much better you're getting. You're right. the pro's always going to be better than you. Yeah. But if you're in a clinic, you can at least kind of see how you're improving, you know. And right, right. And diversity of the game, a variety. Yeah. I mean, you don't see that with a pro. So the pro is very good to kind of get you going, um, you know, kind of introduce some new stuff into your game, positioning, play, new stroke. But when you play in the group games, I think it just tests you differently. Uh, nerves mm-hmm. and trying to measure up the other ladies, other men. It, it kind of, uh, it's, it's the true test. So I like them yeah. playing in group lessons and group uh, drills. I love it. Yeah. So now one of the beautiful things about having a summer job yeah, uh, or, or working at a seasonal summer place, mm-hmm. is a, a lot of times there's no leagues, right? It, it's um, here, like in Florida, right? There's so many leagues, uh, you know, ladies playing like three or four different leagues, you know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. this and that, whatever. Um, and I think that it, leagues are, you know, obviously they're great, they, you know, in at keeping people motivated, you know, it's a good competitive outlet. It, it keeps a lot of people in tennis, right? right. A lot of people play tennis, people that are competitive, but also drives a lot of people away from tennis. True. And especially if you're doing it too soon, um, too soon in your development, I guess, as a player, yeah. right? Or yeah. whatever it is, but I don't know. I have a really mixed feeling um, about leagues and and just competition in general when it's too soon. What do yeah. you think about that? I'm actually in the same book. Uh, Sometimes it can drive you out. Um, yeah. A lot of people in uh, and the clubs we go to, the Meadow Clubs and the Maidstones and the Martha's Vineyard and the Nantucket, we get them for maybe three weeks, four, three weeks, and then they go, go away and then they come back. They have so yeah. many family things to do. They're enjoying this summer. So it's very hard to get a kid and work on something with them because they're going for sleepover <clears throat> oh, yeah. camps and stuff. You know, so you can really not get them. But so, yeah, so I've seen predominantly our drills have gotten too drilly. Uh, they love getting cardio, good session and stuff. So, so yeah, games and all do, do matter. But the people who actually play the leagues in Boston, New York and all, they come, they want to play some matches. But it yeah. is shifting. It kind of goes back and forth at my club. So I'm trying to keep them. So I've kind of set up a match with your your club, a uh, tennis match, uh, a pickleball match with uh, <clears throat> another club, West Chop in uh, uh a friend of mine, he runs it there, so a West Chop club, a pickleball, home and away. So I do, um, there's some club tournaments. There's a lot of club tournaments, but there are some ladies who do not want to play tournaments. Yeah. It's a challenge. But again, uh, I go to, I go to trying to make them feel comfortable. If they're feeling comfortable, they play some points, they get into the mode, they, they're ready to play, but they turn off their dial. They don't want to compete. You're not gonna you're gonna get them yeah. to have a bad time, and they're the dynamics, hate right? They can be they can be challenging for for men and women. I used to oh, think yeah. just yeah, women, yeah. but totally. uh, yeah, my husband plays um, in a lot of leagues himself, uh, USDA leagues uh-huh. here in Florida, and they the guys have drama too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the girls. I thought it was just the girls, but I was wrong about that. How how uh, how active is it? Uh, the men's league. It's like. Very. I mean, he loves it. Okay. He's captain teams. He just doesn't want a captain anymore. You know, I think captains. Oh man, it's. I think you're. You gotta have very thick skin. Another oh, he yeah. doesn't. You know, but I think as a captain, you have to make the tough decisions. Uh, and he can put you in some awkward situations. You know, oh, you're just sure. fun. You for know. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, the leagues. That's that's. Yeah, that's where it gets a little tricky sometimes, you know, with the adults, I think. 
Um, but you know, they're great and they obviously keep people doing lessons, uh, you know, taking lessons and, and, you know, more invested in the game. So it's definitely right. a thing. It's a measure um, of how much, how better you, how, how much better you're getting. Some people have nerves and right. you have to kind of find a way to kind of ease them up. If they go start kind of feeling easy, they're going to play fine. There, there, there are people who kind of threw up before a match. Mm-hmm. They just can't handle it. It's a club match. And then they, they basically are taking it so seriously. Yeah. I, my, my job as a coach is trying to get them to relax, give them a partner who's chill, who's not so worried about the result. And uh, that's all goes to my coaching, my, my staff, everybody needs to kind of get on the same page and try to get who is, you know, who is, we need to make it easy for the game, easy for people who compete every day. You don't need to worry about them. They're going to compete. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a challenge, but uh, it's another, it's basically trying to make their life easier. And yeah. that's what we try to do. So are you teaching pickleball or are you running a pickleball program also? Yeah. So last year we started the pickleball. Um, we just got four, four brand new courts uh, specifically for pickleball. And I mean, it's crazy. It's gone, yeah. it's gone out of, uh, out of sync here. So because every time they go down to Florida, they come back, more people have turned into pickle. And uh, yeah. so we had to take it seriously last year. We took it. I started playing a little bit. And I love it. I see the, I see where it's coming from. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot it of is. fun. It is really fun. Yeah. So, so I have, I think we're going to have a very, very busy uh, pickleball season this year. So yeah, four, we got four pickleball courts. Uh, so it should be fun. And you have pickleball pros. So we have a pickleball pro. Um, so who's coming back and uh, should be, you know, he, I don't think it's big enough to get two pros now. Yeah, but I can see it go there. It's getting oh, there. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's nuts. Um, Do you think uh, it, it's going in a way like tennis, where you know you're doing a lot of lessons and you can have a full schedule as a as a pickleball pro? For right now, for this summer, I think one or two guys will be busy. Uh, yeah. The the number one guy is going to be, I mean, absolutely busy. Yeah. So number two guy is going to have to figure it out but it's believe me it's going there it's there is no stopping this sport um it's mm-hmm. growing everywhere it's growing in india i would think you know we are traditionalists uh, so we kind of stick to our sports the the old english sports and stuff tennis yeah. you know people don't like to go into these uh small new sports and stuff but i saw i went to a tournament there were three thousand people um so i was I was shocked. And I think it's in small quarters still. It's getting into the 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 really dedicated pickleball players. Yeah. But I think it's gonna grow into uh the different crowd because you know, people getting older, they still wanna compete, harder to compete with younger people, new yeah. people coming into the game. I mean, uh the new people coming into the game who can't play tennis, who have never played a sport, they jump into the sport, they're finding it easy to get in. And it's a culture. It's a it everybody else is playing it, then you want to jump into it. And mm-hmm. tennis is harder to start learning at this age. Pickle is much easier. Oh, learn. for sure. So and, so and um do you play platform tennis? I know it's really that's really big in the northeast, right? Yeah, it is very big. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, but I think pickle is gonna crush them. Uh, I mean pickles yeah. everywhere. Uh pickles and ESPN battle still hasn't made it to uh, you know, properly made it to uh ESPN but pickle is growing the way it's growing they're doing it right I think battle you know again the weather needs to be the right weather so yeah right platform is uh, the winter one right yeah yeah. platform is winter and uh, it's good it's Boston Chicago New York it's pretty big yeah Um, Max Max uh, he plays a lot of paddle too but I think uh, people people have to improvise and start playing pickle too uh, that's where the business is going. That's where the clubs are going. And uh, we had to make four new courts. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are going to be packed this year. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking of getting my pickable certification. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to decide on that because, you know, it's definitely different from tennis. Different yeah. enough, you know, to, to mm-hmm. obviously there's things that you can learn and how to teach it and all that. Um, and that's where that's the direction that the industry is going into, you know, is 
Especially when you're in Florida. In your area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At first, I'm not going to lie. I mean, at first I, uh, I had some resistance to it. I'm like, I don't want to teach pickleball, you know, and, and I do like pickleball. I just, you know, I'm a tennis person, you know, right. uh, but now I'm like, man, like I got to get with it. It's, it, it's happening whether I want to or not. And, you know, exactly. as a professional, you, you right. gotta, you know, stay up to date with the industry trends, I guess. Right. Right. You have to kind of reinvent yourself sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, that's what it's doing. I'm going to start teaching a little pickleball. I started kind of getting into it. Uh, I really like the challenge of it. I think uh, <clears throat> I think it just gives a new dimension. Uh, tennis is very solid at our club. Very very popular. We have we have 35, 40 women coming every morning to play tennis for clinics Monday to Friday. So that's busy. And I want the people to start playing other sport too. It's a, it's a good, yeah. it's a strong club. He's, you know, I hate to say no. When somebody's coming from Connecticut for one week, I don't have a spot for them. It just feels awful to tell them no. Um, but, but that's where Pickle's going to come in handy for us. Yeah. That we can start spreading the crowd and let them, let them have fun. Um, and did you, did, did your club um, build uh courts in a new area or did they basically take tennis courts down and turn them into pickleball so good thing is the owner had some more land Ah, uh, good uh, the goldsmiths they had some more land and uh i think they built it <clears throat> they're actually members at uh jupiter island um so what he saw jupiter island i think he wanted to uh, mimic mm-hmm. out of it make something in nantucket which he loves to play so we had two paddle courts we turned it into pickle in the summer oh, okay. and played. And then the demand started growing so big that last year we kind of converted four more courts and it's just, uh, it's going to be busy. I mean, you know, people need it. People want it. And, uh, yeah, I just, I think, uh, we, I think we delivered. So definitely. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, pickle is a, definitely a beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, is there something that, I just kind of find this question to be funny, but is there something that you hear yourself saying over and over again to your students? Can you think of anything? Ooh, yes, I'm sure I catch myself sometimes uh, repeating the same things. But yes, I I try to change it up a little bit. But yeah. you know, sometimes people come to you to hear the same thing. That's why they keep. That's true. <laughs> so you can look at it the other way too. Uh, if people start leaving you in droves, then you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yes, um, I do. I'm sure there are phrases. Uh, I can't think of it, but yeah. it's so routine and so ingrained in my head that, yeah, I mean, there are things. But I start. I try to kind of coach differently. Uh, as long as I can get the message across, I like different, different way. Otherwise, the person who kind of plays with you a lot stops listening. If you're not mm-hmm. going to put it in different words, you can get to the same message in different, different avenues. So you have to keep trying um, if you want to get something uh, across. Right. Um, okay. So what would you say has been the, this two, it's a two part question. What would you say is the grand slam moment of your tennis life as a player or as a coach, you know, where you just felt like on top of the world, it was the best thing ever. Um, and then what was the double bagel call it? I call it double bagel moment of your life where you're just like beat up, uh, screw this. I'm done. Uh, if you can share with us. Um, I think both would be tennis. Uh, both will be while competing. One would be going to Australian open and junior Wimbledon and stuff. Uh, you know, going, playing the grand slam would be the highlight. Oh, wow. Um, I bet. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a treat to see all my heroes, right in front of me, Agassi, Sampras, and all just right in front of me. Oh, so wow. it's bizarre. Uh, you get to play of, against any big names? That, that... Uh, played, I think I played Rios and Philippusis. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so that would be my favorite. And I think the worst part of it is losses, you know, some important losses. Uh, I would say winning the conference in college, TCU, we winning the conference would be great. That would be the good part of it. Uh, competition, uh, really, I love competition. So that's why I say pickleball is where I can still compete, not in mm-hmm. tennis, but I can still compete in uh, pickleball, which kind of gets you going too. So that, nice. those are, yeah. 
Are you thinking of playing uh, like professional pickleball or something like that? Or I think I'm going to go slowly that way, do a little oh. bit of that. But I have, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of hoping to get some pickleball, tennis, some business side of it for the winter. I'm hoping to do some travel, um, trying to get a little luxury travel, trying to get people from here who go to back to India. There's a lot of people. I mean, India is going to be booming in the next 10, 15 years, 5, 10 years. So I think people taking them for a holiday back there and do meditation, yoga, play tennis and do the tennis when they're there for 10 days. These people are tourists. They come there. They don't know what they're up to. They don't know how to go about it. I think I can make that easier, the transition, get them with a nice uh, <clears throat> routine, go tennis, yeah. do it the way we do it here. Um, Love that. And uh, oh, okay. play tennis put their kids into tennis spots where all my friends are Davis Cuppers, ex Davis Cuppers mm -hmm. who are teaching and stuff and then have meditation and yoga resort for a couple of people and then uh, expand it to people going and traveling around, uh, you know, exploring the city. So I have those three wow. industries kind of marked up. So I'm just starting on the starting in the nascent phase of it. I love that. Do you practice yoga and meditation? Uh, my, my wife does, but I'm, I'm a big, uh, big believer but I'm into meditation, but not yoga yet, but I'm going to just start jumping into yoga. But I think, I think there's so many good things happening in India that I think I can uh, get something. Uh, I think introduce something to the people here, people internationally. I think I can make their holidays much more fruitful. So yeah, a friend of mine and me are kind of thinking about doing something of that sort. So it's just in the phase of starting up. So thinking about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually, um, two years ago or last year, I forget, COVID time, COVID time blend in. Uh, but recently I got my yoga certification. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I always tell tennis players to start doing yoga because I think yeah. it's so good for your body. Um, you know, I was teaching a lot, playing a lot, and I just didn't see the point in yoga, honestly, because I was like, what's the point? I'm not burning calories. It's, I don't get it, you know? And then I started, I, I always tell people, I think if you, if you have that kind of thought process, like I used to, hot yoga is a good intro to that whole world because you get a really good workout in hot yoga. I mean, you burn okay. so many calories um, and it, it kind of gets you in that, uh, in that world. And then you start exploring other types of yoga and meditation. And it's made a, such a impact in my life in with tennis, without tennis, just in general that I can't recommend it enough. So I try to always wow. tell wow. That's amazing. That no, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> believer of fitness and, uh, you know, the mental, you know, the, the world, the way the world is going. I think people are just getting so stressed out. I think you can't stress enough on trying to have a mental peace. Mm -hmm. And that comes with a little bit of sports, a little bit of yoga, meditation, everything is kind of, it kind of leads up to there. So I think there is no other way but to live that way. Yeah. Um, and now I do more meditation than, oh, wow. than yoga, which is, I never thought I would do that. Um, and I think for tennis pros, you know, since this is kind of for people in the tennis industry, for them, it's so beneficial too, because we are, you know, balls of energy all day, giving out our energy to other people. Yeah. And we're talking nonstop all day, you know, spending our, our energy and to just take a few minutes to just be quiet, <laughs> relax. I think, this, I think this, good, this, this could be the only business where you're having a bad day and you have to be the, the most happy person alive. Right. I and mean, energetic and everything. Yeah. You become a Jekyll and Hyde. You become bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be. So, so at some point it has to release the stress and the pressure. Yeah. Uh, and this is the good way of doing it. You know, being, being active and sweating it out is great. Um, but yeah, mental yeah. training, trying to train your mind to go where you want it to go. There's uh, there's no substitute for that. Yeah, it's a much healthier way to decompress. You know, a lot. I think, you know, I don't know in your experience, but in my experience, I've I've certainly met a lot of pros that drink a lot. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's probably why it's just to, you know, wind down, relax and it can become a problem, you know, for people. Totally. No, I totally get it. I see where that's coming from. You know, sometimes it's, uh, you can't handle the stress and you have to kind of drown yourself. And, uh, you know, um, I think, uh, I've been there too. Um, everybody's, yeah. I think at some point have been there, uh, because they kind of try to forget about, uh, what's going on. Uh, but you, you know, it comes to an end. The day you mature, you start getting a little better. You basically, fitness is everything. Uh, you don't have fitness. You don't own yourself at 60, 70. You're basically a fruitcake. Um, so you yeah. really have to kind of own your body and mind. If your mind is not sharp enough, what's the use of living? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I want to be an advocate for that. And and even for, mm-hmm. for my staff and my pros, I need to do maybe a better job of that is sharing you know those practices with them they might not be into it you know because they're young and like what are youngsters you won't yeah but but i think just like kind of putting that seed in their head like look like this is going to help you <laughs> you know it's, it can be of great value so i think i think that's a very good way of i kind of love it um the way to kind of come across somebody who's a non-believer is kind of slowly put it in you know you cannot yeah. act as if you are a kook of psychotic of one thing is that works for me it has to work for everybody right not to slowly infuse it make it a simple kind of way to kind of do it maybe three minutes five minutes and stuff like that and then you basically kind of once they start seeing the benefit of it they don't think it's taking too much time out of their life they'll do it yeah yeah oh my gosh jay thank you so much for, yes, for taking the time to talk to me and I just want to share really quickly. I, this is my first time meeting Jay. I um, we actually met on LinkedIn, and I was, you know, kind of looking for a new gig for a summer job. And you know, he, I, I added him. I was adding a lot of people, you know, kind of do, doing some networking. And right away, you're like, "Hey, Jen, how are things going over there?" And then you're like, trying to help me. Um, find a job in the summer and like you're you were a stranger to me so you don't find that very often and I really appreciate you and doing that because uh I I think I was actually at a pretty low point where I was kind of oh my gosh not knowing what to do and uh just just you know just throwing even just a message uh of hey I'm here if you need me you know from from a director it, it meant a lot and I really appreciate it <laughs> no great you got good energy um and I love you know met you now so got to know you a little better I think it's always good to meet new people and people who's gonna make you better uh, that's what we are striving for so it's all yeah. good all yeah. right Jay well thank you so much um and we'll be in contact soon, hopefully. Maybe I'll, I'll come to Nantucket this summer and, and pay you a visit. <laughs> yeah, I think I might come down. Uh, I might come down to see Max. So uh, play some golf or try to come. And our, our ladies are going to play your ladies. So we might, oh, nice. <laughs> we might be in competition. <laughs> oh, that'll be awesome. So awesome. yeah, I look forward to seeing you this summer. Right. Take care, Jen. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Wow, what a fun and honest conversation with Jay. You can tell he's gotten to where he is for good reason. Here are some of the main takeaways. Bringing good energy and enthusiasm to the court is one of the most important things. Hiring and retaining staff is the most valuable and difficult part of our job. Never underestimate the power of word of mouth. Better start networking now. Have a plan for lessons, but don't feel like you have to go by the book each time. Incorporating yoga and meditation to your personal training as a coach and encouraging your students to do this as well can be extremely beneficial. Thank you all for listening to Vita Tennis. Please remember to subscribe so you get notified when episodes are posted. Feel free to leave me a review. Those can be very helpful so that other professionals in the tennis industry can find this content. I hope you have a fantastic day filled with tennis.